0: everyone welcome to the glad trad podcast this is rudy and i'm jordan jordy how you doing today bro dude
1: i'm doing great it is 21 days out from the wedding but who's keeping track and now i I am (laughs) dude i'm so excited to see you and i'm sure our listeners are like oh my gosh just get married already so you can shut up about how happy you are to be getting married
0: (laughs) you know uh people are people are just jealous bro oh no i think well i mean yeah it's all the guys the guys that are too afraid to ask that girl out can i tell you a story can I you, of of course. course.
1: Jen and I went swing dancing, um, a week ago and we're pretty good at swing dancing. That was fun. But what was really funny is that it was a young adult dance at our church, which I think is just father Jackson's really genius way of trying to get more Catholic couples, you know, yeah, smart. A good th- idea. And I've always, if I have one great critique of the Catholic church, and I have many of them, as you know, but I think one of my biggest ones culturally is I think the church should really foster more dances and events and get people mingling like that. Um, but anyway, it was funny because, you know, there were like couples there and they were doing their thing. But then there was like a single guys and single girls. And some of those guys need some game talk, Rudy. Like some, <laughs> some of our boys are not doing doing a service to themselves. Like It's like a middle school dance, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're the guys that read um, St. John Vianney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're Like, oh, St. John Vianney said this dancing is a sin.
1: Oh, that's right. That's uh, so he just because he couldn't shake a tail feather.
0: <laughs> nah, no, nah, I mean some dancing is sinful. Some dancing is for sure. Some dancing I, sinful. I remember my middle school dance. That was oh, yeah. very inappropriate for so, a middle school dance. Oof, dude, you- I was I was not homeschooled. I was I was going to public school. So yeah, same. Sam. If it was bad, I don't know how long that was <sighs> what years. It doesn't matter. So long yeah. ago. Right. More than 10 years ago. Imagine what it is now.
1: Well, wait—they—they
0: don't even have dances because
1: they don't have dances. So actually, it's better. Actually, Um, maybe no. But here's the problem. So did I ever tell you what ruined my junior prom? No. I went with—I had a date for junior prom. Really nice girl, right? She was just like a neighbor girl. But the problem is like I didn't want to grind. Wow. (laughs) And she did, right? And you know, in retrospect, in in hindsight, I suppose this is would have been a good time to kind of get on the same page, even with your dates and your dance partners, who Mm -hmm. were important. But like, I just like, I was like, no, I don't want to grind. And like, I kind of like dug my heels in the mud, thank God. And like, you know, she really took that personally, I think. Um, We reconciled later and we're friends, but you know. Uh, But to contrast that, my senior year, I went to Sadie Hawkins dance with a girl, like a nice little Christian girl. And we were totally fine. We had a good time. Um, So, you know, I I regret, I regret, like grinding is not really dancing. It's just dry humping.
0: It's called what it is, but yeah, it's it's very inappropriate for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: I don't see the I don't see that there's anything wrong with going to a dance per se. No, um, no, I, I think people have like the the misconception that maybe maybe it is grinding or something like that. But yeah. most of the time, you go to a a Catholic event, it's you know there's space in between each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe you touch each other's hands, but there's always <laughs> space. You know, it's well not even even if you go to like.
1: Look, I think that something we have to remember, especially with like John Vianney's comments on uh, Saint John Vanny's comments on dancing and stuff, is that uh, you know there are some sins which are which are uh, always true and always sinful, no matter what time and space. There's also like there's also circumstantial sins, right? There's the nearest occasion of sin and these sorts of things. But right. sometimes things that might be sins in one culture might not necessarily be in another culture. If it's if it's scandalous in your culture to see a woman's shoulder blade, let's say. Then immodest dressing might mean a whole different thing. But is it necessarily immodest? Like you know, suppose like the Jesuits get off the boat and they see all the Aztecs running around. You know, obviously Aztecs were the most naked of peoples, but they were still like it was. A, you know, they're considerably more scantily clad than than the Spanish are. Um, that <laughs> might it might not be necessarily as being an occasion of sin for those inside the culture. Like for us, and it's then like, <laughs> <laughs> when they
0: looked up at the pyramid,
1: I know, right? They're like oh. oh. Ooh. Whoa! <laughs> well, think about this, right? It's like I don't. I think now, like if you see a girl in like a summer dress and like you can see her kneecaps, we go, okay, cool. You know, like we don't like. I don't think I don't detect that that. Is like that's there's more cuts and stuff that would make it more of a you know a greater occasion of sin, let's say.
0: Um, I I take an opposite approach to that. I, puritan. I, think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm much more of a puritan when it yeah. comes to that. Right. Well, it actually bothers a, me. To well, see that's that.
1: because you have a daughter. <laughs> yeah in the womb right so. we uh
0: we went to the mall today to mm-hmm. uh return something to the uh this little baby clothing store that yeah. uh ashley went to <laughs> and i was looking through all the stuff and ashley said oh you know pick something out pick something that uh you know you want to give it to sweet pea and i said okay <laughs> so i'm looking through it and th- there's this really really cute uh ladybug outfit mm-hmm. it's just like a nice little it's like a set of pants and like a little baby thingy yeah like a baby onesie thing i don't know okay. what they're called yeah yeah <laughs> and so i picked that out and she's like oh do you want to look at anything else and i was like okay sure so i'm looking through the store and i'm like looking at these dresses for like older older uh older kids and i was like man this doesn't go past the kneecap this is mm-hmm. uh i don't know if i like this at all this is a <laughs> sweepy's not wearing anything shorter than this this is crazy the now now here's now
1: here's now here's a question though now here's a counter only okay. because if you watch footage from say the 40s or the 50s right little girls are wearing dresses that go above the knee a lot of times but they don't look particularly immodest it doesn't look like it's not like something nowadays, right, where it's like, you know, you would never send out your daughter in, like, spaghetti, like, a tube top and, like, a short skirt, right? This isn't, like, the 90s right. or the early 2000s, right? But, like, you see something like a party dress, right, that a girl, young girl wears, like, a party or something in that era. I, I'm like, I don't think that's, you know, something in my brain's like, I don't, that's not registering to me the same sort of thing. And maybe the part of it, right. the problems maybe is just that we've allowed for this great sexualization of children, right? Yeah. And so where in previous eras, like there, are like, look, India, like a very conservative culture where kids run around naked sometimes. And like, that's not like a thing, you know, it just is what it is. But here it's a whole different thing because we've had that injected so much. So I
0: wonder right.
1: about that stuff every once in a while too.
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, that, that is a good point. When you look at the, um, when you look at it from a, a the perspective of a different culture, Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. Sometimes things are, uh, they're not uh, perceived to be as bad as, you know, you and I going and being displaced in that sort of culture for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. Not again, not like, not making a justification for like every single piece no. of clothing that's out there. But <laughs> no.
0: What I was going to say, even with dancing, right? Like,
1: I think that like, I don't know, like, I think some dancing, like there's like dirty dancing. We I mean, don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, like, again, like just kind of like dry humping sort of stuff. But there is an interesting and like, but then there's very like modest dances, which are so beautiful and elegant, like the waltz or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? But the thing about the waltz is that you can still hold your partner close, you know? You can still oh, yeah. The whole thing, but like, you know, you're not like, or or like slow dancing or something. Like, I don't think that th- that all these things are just innately just horrible bad.
0: Uh, right. Yeah, well, I, I think that when it comes to dirty dancing, it sort of inevitably leads you into the near occasion of sin because, mm. because of, of, of the movements because of the uh, sort of um, what's the word, the sort of um, the nuance of it mm. is, or the overtone of it is this in sexual nature, like you just mentioned. Right. But a waltz is not that it's more of a, a movement, yeah. uh, a connection of sorts.
1: Yeah. What do you, what do you think about tango?
0: I have never tango. Ashley right. loves to dance, and mm-hmm. I feel bad because I'm terrible at dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What? We've taken classes before, but oh man, I suck at it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like um, I look at the the way that people move, and it just it like looks like they don't have bones in their bodies. Yeah, like, they're just That's like, like so ballet fluid. for me. Yeah. yeah 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 and then when i get out there on the dance floor like we, we've gone line dancing before uh-huh. i just feel like i'm a plank dude like uh-huh. i can't move my body like i feel like an old man <laughs> <laughs> i i'm not
1: i wouldn't say i'm a very good dancer at all i like i love dancing though like it does not take me whatever yeah um jen jen's jen's a good dancer jen knows how to get down but uh you get just a just a tequila shot in her and then that that's all you need so <laughs> 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 oh man that's cool dude so so today on the glad Chad podcast and actually this is really good because this is kind of related to almost kind of related to dancing or anything recreational i suppose isn't it yeah um, recreation because you know i think that part of our life is our human experience, of course, is not just work, but is play and and proper mm-hmm. pleasures and that sort of thing. And this is a topic which I think is a little more nuanced in traditional Catholic circles. and I think it's almost generational oh sometimes uh, because mm-hmm. we, you and I have talked about video games as a form of, of noble recreation or good recreation. Nothing that's objectively bad or sinful uh, in its proper context. But, dude, you find a lot of Catholics who think that that's just an untenable position
0: especially older ones. You notice this? I have noticed it. Yeah. And again, uh, like, uh, like with a lot of things on our podcast, there's always a a more nuanced sort of perspective to it for sure. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe they're looking at it from the perspective of, and maybe this is what St. John Vianney was looking at dancing from the perspective of it it may be that, that people take it too far. Mm. You know, when it comes to video games, for example, um, I, I've i certainly seen it not just in in my protect, particular generation, but even the younger generation, like the Zoomers. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And I see kids who are just like plugged into the computer all day long and they're just playing video games. It's like, I know what that's like because I've mm-hmm. done that before. I've, I've literally played a video game all day long. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for a fact that when I'm done with it, I can, I can safely say that I didn't think of anything of value that whole right. <laughs> entire time. <laughs> it was a well, distraction.
1: Well, let's take a step back. Okay, so let's me me let me, let be fair to to those who say that the virtue of liking or enjoying or being even an avid gamer, we have to maybe define those terms a little bit. In the most extreme position, you'll hear people say this. Um, and they come at it in a culturally Catholic way. They say, video gaming doesn't have any merit to it. It's pure distraction. It's mindless, you may say. And it therefore makes you derelict in your duties as a husband and as a father and as a man. So if you want to be a real man, you won't play video games or some (laughs) sort of thing.
0: Well, I don't think that's the right premise to have because everybody needs to have some sort of recreation. Now, that recreation obviously has to be properly ordered just with everything uh you have to have the proper order for it otherwise you can you can jump into something that could be a hobby or playing video games it could be whatever dancing or Mm -hmm. even going on social media and it can take away enough time where you're derelict in your duties but I wouldn't make such a broad stroke to say that everybody who happens to have a recreational activity, like video games, for example, Mm -hmm. are wasting all of their time on that, on that hobby. I, you know what I think it is. I think that video games have evolved in such a way that it's not, it's not just to like, um, It's not like what it was in the beginning, which was like a collection of different levels, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to play a couple levels. I'm going to advance to this particular um, level, and then I'm going to, I don't know, go and do something else, right? Nowadays, video games are are a narrative experience where it does take maybe an hour or two to, to actually make any sort of progress in it. And so I think people look at it and they say, Oh, this person is sitting here for like two hours a day or two hours or whatever. And it, it kind of does, if you don't have the perspective, it kind of does seem like a waste of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that could be true. And so I think, I think both of you and I, cause both you and I, I think we played more video games back in the day than we do now. Uh, yeah. Which is the normal <laughs> progression of life. It's kind of funny. I, I will say that, uh, Boredom and distraction are dangerous things for men. I know. Mm-hmm. So, but I would much rather see that oriented in video gaming than in other sort of vices. You know, mm-hmm. depending on the game, and maybe that's like a step back. So, I I heard from my parish priest when we were in pre-cana one of our last sessions, we were, we were talking about children, discipline, and raising children, right? And be on the same page. And I mentioned how, like, I think it's totally fine to, like, you know, if you have a little bit monitoring screen time. And if they want to like, mm-hmm. play this video game or they want to watch this movie, that, that's fine. Um, my priest is more on the side that video games are, are not particularly a rightly ordered form of leisure. And he was coming at it because of the design philosophy behind a lot of games, which I think is perfectly fair. Like, is it right to, you know, nowadays we talk about loot boxes, right? It's a huge debate right now. There's countries in Europe that have banned it, uh, mm-hmm. much to the great sadness of electronic arts. But the fact of the matter is that we've kind of have this like legalized gambling to children. Right. And, you know, if we play games that have that sort of design philosophy, is that actually good? If, you know, what's the point of, you know, there's a difference between like enjoying cards and then playing for the thrill of the gamble, maybe mm-hmm. is, is that sort of argument. Which I think is a little bit more nuanced and is more to take pause about. Um, I don't really play video games like that, which is what my counter was. And I think that video games just as a medium I find, in a lot of cases, combine the great elements in, say, filmmaking that can make for some of the best stories and characters and gripping plot lines and satisfy that with gameplay to boot that that I think, in a lot of ways, can actually elevate our experience past movies. And maybe there's a danger there, too. I don't know.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that's an, uh, a terrible thing. If you look at the way that uh, movies are created nowadays, I mean, it's just not there's not there's not really a lot of emphasis on storytelling and it, i read something today on twitter i wish i could remember who posted it but um it wasn't jeff kassman it was somebody else but they were saying how um um it was an article about loki or something some oh yeah character uh, yeah from,
1: uh, you see the trailer for that that's the new that's the latest uh marvel uh, movie that's going to come out
0: I haven't seen it, but it was sort of retconning. his <laughs> Good one? Okay, Fine I'll enough. look at it. Um, I'm not really interested in Marvel, but yeah, they were saying in the article that, uh, I guess this character was being mind-controlled and that he wasn't actually evil or something. Mm-hmm. And this person, whoever it was on Twitter, was saying, you know, it's such bad storytelling to not commit to somebody's storyline. and just mm. constantly retconning uh the lore in a in a, a universe and i see this with star wars star wars was really important to me yeah growing up because it was so cool like i just liked the aesthetics i like mm-hmm. the, the story and i like the universe and how immersive everything was yeah you know i like to make props and stuff at that time so i was watching these movies and i was like wow this is amazing and then some of the storylines in the universe got altered and they're just kind of like retconning all of the history of the, yeah. of the, the lore. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Like it just doesn't make any sense. There's no continuity anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame people for wanting to experience that through a video game instead of a movie, because I mean, look at all the other movies too. Like we're just talking about sci-fi, but like, yeah, look at, look at the kind of the quality of the movie. It's just like woke. hmm Rival, you know it's just i don't know it's not interesting to me
1: well that's exactly right and you know i think that there's this fine line and I, like i don't think the virtue of a video game being a video game just means it's horrible and i don't think right. the virtue of us interacting with video games as we interact in a way that's different from a book or a movie is horrible too um right. you can tell a lot about a person via gameplay you can tell a lot about a story through gameplay you can tell a lot about story through how characters how you interact with characters intimately you know mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of garbage movies out there. And we've known this. And by the way, there's a lot of garbage video games. So I think it's fair to acknowledge, like, we, yeah. like they, there are such things as mindless shooters and there's gratuity of, of sex and language and violence for sure. I, I personally have never really touched any of the Grand Theft Auto games. Um, you know, I mean, even though the stories seem interesting, but I just don't I just know that there are elements in the games that I just don't want to support. Um, yeah. The games that I tend to play are... Uh, grand strategy games or like deep story lore games so for instance i think that red dead redemption 2 is one of the best westerns ever created not just not just one of the best western video games but i think just in terms of story content to character immersion i think it's one of the best westerns mm-hmm. uh and same with the first red dead redemption and I'll, I'll take that to my dying day i would love to adapt that into a movie or i'd love to read a book like that Uh, I love Westerns. They're so cool. (laughs) Well, Westerns, what's funny about Westerns, right, Is and I think that why they're gone nowadays is because Westerns are the quintessential heart of America. Yeah. Like, you know, you have, oftentimes Westerns are, well, Westerns are actually superhero films now, now thinking about it in a way, because it's like you have good and evil, and the good guy, there's always some flaw, you know, some character flaw that he's Mm -hmm. trying to, that he needs to overcome in order to to beat the bad guys in the end. Um, I think about True Grit. I think True Grit is like such a beautiful, or or Magnificent Seven, right? Based off Seven Samurai. Um, Red Dead Redemption, the story is that you were an outlaw who left the life. So talk about redemption and, and trying to find salvation. And you have these elements that are trying to suck you back in. So I think the Western represents kind of, in a way of a very Catholic approach to the world, this ability of you have flawed beings that can be given the grace to persevere in the right sorts of paths. You know, and you have bad guys and you have good guys and angels and saints and sinners and it's dirty towns and nothing's perfect. Uh, but things can be good. Um right. I mean, and so but of course in America nowadays, right? Like we don't like moral. even though we make our Marvel movies, we started out doing moral plays really. Now we're trying to get more, more nuanced and cool and the villain has a he's not so <laughs> evil after all and all that kind of crap. Uh, we've forgotten the good and evil exist. So it makes sense that that's gone out of our movies. Like look at, look at star Wars again. Right. Um, Ray walks the light side and the dark side of the force. And it's really all based about how her subjective feelings about whatever she wants, you know, right. Like, (laughs) Oh, you're a Palpatine. Oh, she, I mean, she kills freaking Kylo Ren anyway, and then revives him because, you know, she uses the dark side to blow up uh, the, was it the million Falcon that she
0: blew up and thought that she killed Chewbacca? Uh, you know what? I haven't seen the last one. So it's so. funny. I haven't seen the last one
1: either, but I've seen enough review footage of the last one to where I've seen the last one. <laughs> yeah.
0: I got so blackpilled after that. I right. It's... Watching the second one, I was like, wow, this movie didn't answer anything at all. Right. And I can't fathom sitting through another three hour movie and mm-hmm. feeling the same way. Right. After I just can't do it anymore. But, so but that Darren, was the last time. Therein lies a huge question, though. So why do we watch
1: films? Because they're stories of the human heart, you know, right. I mean, and there's a way that we can connect somehow magically really coolly to on screen characters and on screen worlds in a different way, not a better way, not a worse way, but in a different way than we can do a book sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. The analogy I often use for people is this in a book, you can take three pages to describe an old man getting up lighting his pipe coming down the stairs, and sitting and looking at the rain outside and it's beautiful, it's descriptive, and you're into the world in a different way, that same idea is conveyed in a movie in a minute. So the time extrapolation is different, but maybe you've seen details that weren't in the book that now you can literally see on the screen or something. Um, And so I wonder if it's like, if the virtue of that connectiveness with video games is why sometimes people don't see it as its own kind of medium amongst many other sorts of mediums. Because the same people who criticize like, oh, well, you know, video games don't make like, yeah, they can be very distracting, you know? But I think there's just like negligence of what connected story looks like in video gaming as opposed to other mediums, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, that's definitely one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect that I, I, I really enjoy about video games um, is the connectiveness that you can have. And you kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, the connectiveness that you can experience uh, playing something with a friend Mm. i mean for you and i since you're not you're not in the same city anymore um you know how 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 are we how do we have that how do we maintain that camaraderie Mm -hmm. that we used to have right i mean we we do it here we do it in the podcast but also We get an opportunity to just hang out and do something together inside of a video game. That's why we play Rocket League all the time, right? I mean, that's, it's really cool. And I've, I've met a lot of people actually. I've talked about this in other podcasts um, that I've connected with over a video game. Mm -hmm. And, and these were, these were conversations that I had with people that you typically don't even have in a normal day to day world. And I, I think it's the medium. <clears throat> that is allowing these people to open up to, to really uh, a deeper part of themselves, because I know that I wouldn't have had um, the sorts of conversations I had with my two buddies that I met in Washington or that I met in a video game who live in Washington. Right. Um, if I had met them out on the street, mm-hmm. we just, we, we got together so often and um And hung out together so often that we just inevitably had that opportunity to to delve deeper into our life and what was going on in it and our beliefs and you know all where all of those things intersected where it was a video game It's crazy Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah i i'm reminded of um (laughs) funny enough you know i'm I'm just reminded of, of the sort of connection that i've had throughout the years because of gaming you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not, you know, mine are a little, I think, a little less robust than yours because usually I only play with people that I know. Um, but I mean, I, a, I have a really good buddy of mine. Um, he's in South Carolina currently. But when he was in Elizabeth still, we used to wake up in the morning and roll out of, you know, each other's respective beds and we play Sword of the Stars, just talk about stuff. And so Aristotle talks about how friendship to be good friendship has to be built around the transcendent third. We talked about that in our episode on Catholic camaraderie. Um, And the thing about the transcendent third is oftentimes it has to be oriented towards the good, the true, and the beautiful. So, um, you know, I think the video games can share certainly in those elements with uh, and same as other mediums can. Um, Do are there better things to build friendships around? Well, sure, of course. I mean, us doing this podcast is probably a good thing. Building the friendship around the faith is most important (laughs) sort of thing. Um, For sure but the virtue of something being a video game doesn't mean that that's devoid I mean tell tell the good people what the name of our of our our, our tribe is in rocket League Rudy <laughs> <laughs>
0: our uh, our clan on rocket League is called Vatican 2 is a mistake <laughs> and so uh you know a lot of the the game modes that we we play in if you have three people together and you happen to win that match at the end there's a giant um, keyframe image that says vatican two is a mistake wow. so in a way we're evangelizing <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we're such grifter religious grifters how, for jesus how funny would it be oh yeah i should describe what our cars look like so oh, that's cars, right our cars have um little um what do they call them? They're little little uh, cosmetics that you can add to the car. Um, this is Rocket League, so it's a, a game about. It's basically soccer with cars. Mm-hmm. If you could think about unbridled that fun like. soccer, the cars. <laughs> soccer with cars. It's soccer with cars. So our cosmetics are a halo and a Vatican flag. Mm-hmm. And so when we win, <laughs> you see all of our cars. <laughs> and Vatican two is a mistake. Uh-huh. So I I hope one day we play against Bishop Baron. Can, oh, word on fire word on
1: fire versus the podcast,
0: <laughs> and then he'll he'll enter a
1: chat friends right right friend why do you keep beating us
0: <laughs> friend are you sure you've read the documents you should buy my vatican 2 oh that's uh, right the shameless plug for the vatican 2 chronicles whatever it is <laughs> my, my vatican II commentary <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: all right rudy tell me some of your favorite video games you shameless heathen
0: all right i can tell you um let's see i think starting with the one that i spent the most time on which i'll get into in a sec um i would say one of my favorites is destiny which is not a good franchise it's a horrible franchise (laughs) it's uh it's kind of like it's kind of like dating an abusive person (laughs) this isn't helping like our every, case dude this is not helping like our every case. month like every month you uh he, 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 they release a content or something You're like right. wow it's really gonna be good this time and then it's not it's like it's like oh i'm really gonna i'm really mm-hmm. gonna stop really. drinking i, really I promise i want
1: to make this right
0: <laughs> and then it's not good mm-hmm. I, I like that i like that series because um Well, we were just talking about westerns. It's kind of like a space western, and I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite genre, Mm. space western in general. I just, I think it's fascinating. It's like so imaginative. I think to to build those two things together, Um, and I've spent a lot of time on that. Um, And also, it brings out the worst in me, so I had to put that one away. But I'll, (laughs) I'll always cherish those fond memories of that video game. And I think, secondly. There's this really cool Star Wars game called Knights of the Old Republic, oh my God. which is like an RPG. It's, uh-huh. movie,
1: it's an old, but a good character. And yeah. it's really
0: cool. You, um, you get to make choices within the game and it affects the storyline. So mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. That was one that I grew up with and that was really, really, really fun. I like to replay it every time. What about you?
1: Uh, well, now that you mentioned Knights of the Old Republic, I'm going to uh, have to uh, kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna quote Kreia early from Old Republic too because she has a line. There's a whole trial in the tunnels, and she goes, "Apathy is death." Because, because I think you have to like either rush in and like sacrifice your men, or like do something evil, and you're like, and you can choose to be like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that," you know, right? And she, they, all the characters, period. It's a mental game, and they're like, "Apathy is death." apathy is death and all this kind of stuff.
0: And there's a robot in the translation of the robot. That's right. It's apathy is death. <laughs> it's like I'll
1: have to post that scene. That's so um, fun. But Naito, I mean, so here's a funny thing too. So talk about moral choices. So we talked about kind of the, the good, the true, and the beautiful in video gaming. Naito to public is such a great example of proper dichotomy of good and evil. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, like, outside the fact that it's the Force and that's a little hippy-dippy, I know... Generally speaking, um, what kind of, because a lot of times Knights of the Republic is a little, it's a little simplistic. I think sometimes in its choices, like either you're like a good guy, like, oh, I'm going to give to somebody and it's going to be good without realizing the consequences. But I'm a goody two shoes. And then the other side is like, if I'm a total jerk, that's the dark side. And that's, that's not, you know, sometimes that's good and evil, but that's not actually some, what good and evil oftentimes mean. Like the greater Mm -hmm. good mercy and just like you ought to oriented towards mercy and also justice. Um, but there are really clear choices where you realize, like, I'm going to have to do something that sucks. I'm going to have to do something that's hard, but I'm doing it to help people who are less fortunate than I. So I think you're right when you talk about Star Wars or Destiny being space westerns, because that is the sort of space westerns. Again, Magnificent Seven is a story about these these gunslingers who are way better than the pay grade they're being offered, deciding to sacrifice it all to go help this little cow town. Um, that's magnanimity, that's nobility, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like the last of knighthood, which is why I think Night's Healed Republic is such a fitting name for that, that series. Uh, you play in the first one, you play as a disgraced Sith lord essentially, and you have I don't know, spoiler alert, sorry kids, almost <laughs> two decades old at this point, just buy the game. <laughs> but you make the choice, you make the choice to either embrace like the dark side again or you can choose to walk a different path and you have characters in your midst that will help you along the way to make those decisions more clear uh, shout out hashtag bastila is best uh, <laughs> uh, and then the second one it's it's kind of a continuation of that um, and so yeah i think that that's such a great moral drama so i, I like mm-hmm. Night old republic a lot um, i like i like red dead redemption I tend to play more historical games because that tends to be my focus. So I love the Total War series, especially kind of the the more uh, mid-year, uh, mid-decade game. So I fell in love with Empire. I I would spend all of my time in the encyclopedias of Empire and Napoleon and Rome too, just learning like the depth of history there. And I think that if you want to become like a Napoleonic history buff, you can read the books, but also like you play the game um and you go okay this is like the tactics in the field this is actually what the economic systems at the time meant this is what the reforms meant as i researched technologies and that sort of thing so i i think that's absolutely awesome um and then of course like we can't forget rocket league because i think rocket league has reminded us what for me rocket leagues reminded me of what it was like to video game as a kid
0: yeah that feeling you know i do remember that Uh, speaking of being a kid we can't forget the Nintendo 64. Oh yeah. I never had one. You never had one?
1: My first console was an Xbox. That's how that's how that's oh, how okay. young I am.
0: <laughs> I forget that I'm a little bit older than That's you. just yeah, that's um, I yeah, I remember getting that Nintendo 64 and playing uh uh GoldenEye 07. Mm-hmm. And having that experience of people coming over and having that split screen it was so cool It it, it is it is a, a very nostalgic feeling i'm sure that if people who are watching have played video games before and they're of the age you will understand what that feels like to have people in the same room with you and you're yeah. just like having fun and it's really cool um yeah i'll never forget that game
1: did you ever play star- that game experience did you ever play star wars Pod racing
0: <laughs>
1: yeah remember that? that i don't know why fun. they haven't remade that game you know
0: yeah that was fun
1: what is what is like the quintessential game good true and beautiful like and you know like if you're in your household right sweet pea wants to play some video what are you giving (laughs) what are you giving
0: her (laughs) i don't i don't know if she'll play video games i I think we're gonna try and limit screen time altogether yeah yeah that goes but um in the scenario, if she wanted to play a video game, I would probably give her. If It's not Pokemon Emerald. I'm gonna be mad.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: You're not gonna give you, her. What would you do? You're not gonna give her Night's of the Old Republic, honestly.
0: I don't think so. Maybe. Oh,
1: maybe Dark Souls. That's now. That's a uh... Dark Souls. <laughs>
0: No, that's good patience. well.
1: That's funny that you actually mentioned that, like the limiting of screen time, because you know, for everyone, like for all the, I, I I think kind of unjust, overly harsh critiques on video gaming, you know, like derelicting your duties, you're not a real man, sort of like extreme sort of thing. It's like, okay, well, clearly that's not the case, dude. Like, you know, like I'm sorry, like you watch football, you love Friday night football, like just can't get enough of watching TV, uh, football with your buddies we play Rocket League. It's not, you know, and the difference is both of right. us have, and congratulations, both of us have memorized useless stats about other things. Right. <laughs> both right. of us have had screaming matches over superfluous things. It is impressive athletic-wise that people play football, but, like, we're both not actually playing the actual thing. Right. Uh, but if anyone wants to make Rocket League real, I don't think we'll complain. Um, <laughs> But th- that is but that is the that is the criticism which I think is perfectly fair. I think it's very easy. It's easier for, for self evident reasons to slip into hours at a time video gaming, at least for me as opposed to watching movies upon movies upon movies or something like that. Um,
0: yeah, you know what I- I'm thinking about it now. It's the sort of argument that people make when they say. I'm going to defend or I'm going to protect my child from all of the external things outside in the world. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they completely remove the person outside of that, that dimension that they never become acquainted with it. And because of this, they encounter it. And sometimes it's so alluring to them that they completely forget everything Um, that they were told about it Mm -hmm. because they never had the opportunity to temper themselves to have self-control or to put the, the things of the faith into, into work, right? They learn about why this is bad, but they never put it into play. They never get the opportunity to actually form that muscle. Mm. And so when it comes to screen time, when it comes to video games, when it comes to any sort of entertainment, whether it be football, Or dancing or whatever you know there's always the opportunity for you to take it way too far because it's it's because it's because we're (laughs) we're kind of wanting to escape Mm -hmm. right yeah I, i don't know what do you think about that
1: yeah no that's true and something i was thinking about is just how um One of my friends at work, what he says is this, as far as Catholic, we talked about this Catholic filmmaking, but what we've done is when we say like, we want to protect our children from the bad stuff, right? So,
0: well, there's certain things that you should.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, I would never say like, you should just throw your kids out into the wild. You know, we, we ought to be Virgil's to to our children's Dante's. Virgil Mm. is Dante's guide through the inferno. His yeah. response to Dante isn't, oh, my gosh, like, how could you ever cool? want? Yeah, right. It's not, it's not, is it cool? And it's also not, oh, my gosh, you should never, like, even think about the Inferno. Because right. part of a mental more is that we think about the loss of heaven and the punishments of hell. So mm-hmm. you need to understand what you need to avoid. And that doesn't mean you need to indulge in it. Dante doesn't indulge in anything in the Inferno. Um, but he has to understand what he is turning away from. Yeah. Um, and so what my friend says is the problem that we have as, as Catholics is that we think that the absence of bad is automatically making a piece of content or media or something good. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this with shows all the, or movies, right? Like what makes a Christian film garbage? It's not the fact that, well, we look at it. It's like fun for the whole family. Oh, that's good because that means it doesn't have drugs and sex and violence and language and stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's a good movie. And it's like, but you didn't inject any of the good, the true, and the beautiful,
0: right?
1: right? The 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 you know, and good. By the way, the basis is good, so it answers the infusion of good, not just the absence of evil. You know what I mean?
0: Right. It's like
1: it's like it's not to say that what good isn't good because it's the absence of evil. The opposite's true. It's like evil is evil because of the absence of good, mm-hmm. and this is true in, in every single medium. And so there should be a dedication of parents to want to, there are some objectionable things that you shelter your children from, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't, there are, with Jen and I, how we watch movies and stuff is there are parts you fast forward through or are there are movies you just entirely avoid, right?
0: Yeah, for um,
1: sure. But, but there are plenty, especially as far as parents are concerned, great teaching examples you can bring out of things which are not just overtly Catholic in their nature. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy's example is, is um, is Frozen, he says, you know, and Frozen is kind of a kind of a funny little film. But what's funny about Frozen is that Frozen actually has a good example of sacrificial love. And so as a parent, what a good way to contextualize your children. Like, you know, she sacrificed herself for her sister. And in this way, Christ says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for the friends, for your friends. Um, And when it comes to video games, it's like, I don't believe in with as far as Jen and I's kids. Like, yeah, I don't want them to like, play like mindless shooters and some of the games like I played. Like, I love I loved Gears of War. <laughs> don't so I... you even give your daughter? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's that's I mean Jen. So Jen's apparently a good Gears of War player. So if if our daughters are playing Gears of War, it's probably more the influence of their mother. <laughs> uh, but it, but in retrospect, I just think that like the the over the top violence of it means it's probably not the best game to play, right? Right. Like, not to say that violence should not exist in games. You know, obviously, like, Red Dead Redemption has extremely realistic violence features. Um, But I think if you're a naturally-oriented good person, like, I'm striving to be, like, I don't like just mindlessly killing people. And I don't just, like, bathe in, like, the blood of things. Red Dead Redemption, I like when it's, like, not giving me a choice just to shoot anybody but the bad guys. Um, So I think context is everything. But, yeah, I do think there is this danger of... Oh, we need to shelter them from every single thing, and mm-hmm. then they're that weird kid. And by the weird kid, it's like they they go haywire by the time they get to the the decision making stages because there's no foundation of why their parents or why their faith gave them the choices that they ought to have been given.
0: Or, or to add to that, you know, they just they just don't know what decision to make because they've mm-hmm. never had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. All of that to say, I would love <laughs> one day I probably it would probably be a disaster cuz mm. the older I get the less dexterity I have. I'm starting to notice that, which yeah. is kind of scary. It's like one of those weird it's memento mori. Mm-hmm. I think you, one day you realize you're like, "Hmm, I don't react as fast mm-hmm. as I did." <laughs> 10 years ago right right <laughs> you know what i mean so I, all that to say um if in like let's see in 15 years there's still something like a destiny mm-hmm. where there's a competitive multiplayer i would love to play that with my kids that would be yeah. amazing right you know to to discuss strategy to discuss you know like proper movement mm-hmm. and like all this cool stuff that is ingrained in there because it's not just you know Some of the games are fun, but there is like if you're playing a competitive game, there Mm -hmm. there are aspects of, you know, strategy and (laughs) movement and knowing the map and knowing your enemy and all this kind of stuff. Are you
1: worried about this? Because you said that you said that destiny brings out the worst in you. Are you worried that you're gonna yell at your kids for making a wrong move?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't yell at my kids. I would well, I would be afraid (laughs) that they would hear me say something bad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually why I stopped playing that game is because Mm you have to, you have to know yourself. And I know that when I was playing that I was getting really, really competitive. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's good to have that, that, that competitiveness, you know, it's, it's good. It it really helps you like in real life, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're, you're bidding for a job or something like that, it's good to have that quality. Right. But just like anything, it could be distorted. And I just found that like, when I was playing certain certain matches with certain people like it, we just we didn't have that mojo and there was a yeah. lot of friction and stuff and that friction was really coming out in just like really stupid ways you know like oh what is going on you know that sort of thing and like more emotional or less outbursts <laughs> and you know it just kind of i knew that this was happening <clears throat> and then ashley one day she was like well, you just get so like upset about that game sometimes. Like, yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And I I like started to realize it a little bit more and I was like, okay, it's time to step back. This isn't healthy for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm just like, you know, if if it's really tilting me that hard, I I can't play that anymore. Yeah. I mean- so things like that with like Destiny or like Warzone. Warzone, mm-hmm. I love playing Warzone, but Yeah. It's easy but to get tilted is. with that sort of thing. This
1: is some. So this is something our priest said, and I think it's fair. And that's that. Um, Matt Frad actually talks about this in a in a recent episode, but he talks about like St. Thomas Aquinas on leisure and on play, and mm-hmm. how our problem is our our play should not be things that stress us out. And so yeah. one of the problems of video <laughs> gaming, and I think this is a perfectly fair criticism, is that how is it that our play actually is the thing that is a major stressor at the time like the emotional investment in a game that f- makes you angry. How is that yeah. recreation? You know, it really isn't. And, and there's, <laughs> yeah. there's also
0: aspects of gaming that make it feel like a job.
1: Yeah. Like you're
0: logging yeah. into your second well, job. Sometimes
1: it very much is.
0: It's like, huh, this isn't recreation. This mm-hmm. isn't fun. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to keep doing this, you know, but you're absolutely right. Th- these things should be recreation. it shouldn't be <laughs> it shouldn't be filling in a void of something else mm-hmm.
1: right you know? right. which I think is why like again, like I think all things in moderation and context, you know yeah like again, like the natural ebb and flow of our lives right now is I, I love you know I wish I could have a whole Saturday where I just sat down and like play total war campaigns like I did when I was a teenager. But my obligations were different when I was a teenager, right? When I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, and then I became a man and decided to get married. So,
0: St. Paul moment.
1: Mm-hmm. But because you wake up and you're like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like I want to spend my Saturday with Jen, or I have to get like things ready. I have to do stuff. Or my Sundays, right? Sundays like a leisure oh, yeah. day, but it's like I want to do something. Um, yeah. Not to say that we don't play video games. Jen's a beast at Vermintide. <laughs> you know, on the occasion, but honestly, like most of my time spent in front of my computer, which I originally built for gaming has turned naturally into editing or something into work into yeah. work, but even and yeah. that work, part of that work is play like I mean this podcast is a perfect example like we mm-hmm. do this because this is something we're doing in our free time, you know. And yeah, there's obligations tied to it. Shameless plug for the Patreon down below. <laughs> um, but but the entire point of it is like we're doing something because we felt it was really being compelled by God to do something great. And also it's it's a perfect way for like we get on here and like our friendship has been elevated, I think, because, you know, we're not just playing Rocket League all the time. But we're having the same conversations we would face to face after mass or something just In front of people now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there's something something interesting to, like, that idea of leisure and maybe how so much of modern gaming, true, has moved to addictive stressors in order to keep people hooked. Like, Goldeneye has no, like, obviously you can get frustrated with Goldeneye and stuff, but the virtue of how it's expressed is just a different level, I feel, than how, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of, like, contemporary shooters tend to be and like yeah. that's why like I don't touch loot boxes I don't do like I don't really do a lot of massive multiplayer stuff or or a squad or community based things quite the same except for Rocket League which is a cadre of people I know just because I don't want that stress when I'm just trying to unwind
0: yeah just so so jumping back to something you said you know we definitely we definitely have different duties now yeah right? um, I was telling you this earlier but I, I think this is good advice for any young man who is about to be married Um, when I moved into this apartment with my, with my, my beautiful wife, um, she suggested that we moved into the, it's a two bedroom apartment. So she said, I think this particular bedroom would be best for, for our bedroom. And I said, I don't know. I I don't think so. (laughs) Let's go into the other one instead. Mm -hmm. So we moved in there and, uh, (laughs) I'm in the former bedroom. Um, you can't tell because I'm in the void. Hey, but the uh, void. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I spent the good part of today just moving everything out of this bedroom and into the next one because it is a little bit more spacious for mm-hmm. our, our our baby who's who's going to be due in July, hopefully uh, the later part of July, maybe August. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, those are situations where. I could it's Saturday. I could have just you know spent the day recreating and mm-hmm. doing whatever. But but we do have duties, and that's that's the important thing to keep in mind with anything really.
1: Yeah. But
0: particularly with gaming or anything recreational, mm-hmm. is it's good to have fun, but work comes first.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and part of that work turns into fun. I mean, your wife is your vocation. Yeah. And so why would, and no man ever wants to be derelict in his duties. You know, when we, when we do, we we fail at what our vocation is. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everything under the sun. obviously, like I read in, in the pre-canon books that we've had, like, it's a very delicate dance of making sure that like your wife doesn't look at Saturdays as just the day to taskmaster you around the house. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also that, that as, as husbands, we don't look at Saturdays as the days to completely unplug or getting home from work or something is like the time to just completely unplug from duties of the fact of being head of household. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that means helping our wives and supporting them and all the, and all the things that they do and taking pride just as much as she does in, in building of the home. Um, and I think with like, with that in mind, it's like, that's why like when I, when I video game now, it's like, I like to invite Jen. Jen's not really much of a gamer. Um, she, you know, she likes like little kind of like those like task eat up phone games which i don't really count as real gaming anyway <laughs> uh she she actually is funny speaking of like addictives and attemptive addictives at, at gaming but jen deletes an app on her phone when it wants her to spend money she's yeah. like she's like oh i reached my time limits and like oh buy 10 coins and she's like all right Smarts. this is gone all right yeah um, but yeah it's just it's just a matter of i think there's a lot of young men as we've talked about who particularly young men obviously you know women have w- women don't tend to be gamers nearly as much as men do Um, and it's just a whole host of different sort of factors, but generally speaking, you know, there are some guys who fall into video games along with other addictions, but sometimes really genuinely video games and they don't quite know how to realize their full potential. And so Mm -hmm. for those guys, I'm completely with any criticisms on video games. Like you want to get a better life, like cut the video games, go to the gym, like work on your prayer life, all those sorts of things. Like, this distraction is actually detrimental to your health, and you can't control it. So, yeah, you have a problem. Um, For other guys who are like, oh, it's Saturday. Like, I should game for, like, two hours, and if my wife wants this done, I'll do it later, whatever. Like, no, do it, because if she's happy, then all the more reason you have to be like, all right, cool. Like, I took care of it. Like, we're done. We're good. Like, we're having a good time. And also, like, if I slip off this evening, like, play a game of Rockets with the Boys – you know, she she should be more graceful, gracious, gracious, and I was I was not gonna say let me because, ha, but you know she won't she won't be mad about it. Let's say.
0: <laughs> so you think uh, maybe you'll play rockets with the boys on Prima Noctis? <laughs> so should I should I
1: say to our people?
0: <laughs> well, it's to be expected, people. It obviously happened so uh <laughs> we have a baby on the way hey love out <laughs> but uh you know and uh, jordan and i and anthony anthony's our other friend who uh who uh maybe one day we'll have him on the podcast yeah, along soon, with, I think, with yeah. our our wives too i think Ooh. i think we owe it to our wives i think we owe it to,
1: yeah yes yes
0: to have them on there but um you know we have this thread we've talked about this thread before and we keep in touch so much it's it's really funny yeah I think it bothers my wife sometimes uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like who is that right why are they texting you at twelve in the morning That's, yeah it's like yeah. I don't know we're awake we're just thinking about stuff <laughs> but uh on our on our wedding night without getting into any Diesels or anything um, put two and two together um <laughs> I texted. Isn't, the isn't it one and, and one thing. to make? Hey, so isn't it one and
1: part? one to make two that makes three? Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you.
0: So anyway, I texted the boys that night. Hey, you guys want to play Rocket League? <laughs> it was a joke, obviously. So now it's become a, you know, yeah, it's become so a tradition. So on our wedding
1: night for all of us, we have to text, we have to text the thread and go, hey, y'all want to play Rockets? <laughs> <laughs> Jen will take my phone and throw it out into the wilderness where we will be. And The worst part is I won't probably mind. (laughs) It's your duty at
0: that point to put the phone away.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, again, all things in moderation. Entertainment is a wonderful thing. Um, Video games are another medium. You know, it is, it's a staple. It's a business for some people even like, you know, there's viability, but uh, obviously there are some that should be stayed away from. There are certain elements in gaming that I think are, are, bringing out really ugly sides of us. I I think the entire, honestly, really, I think the entire culture around esports has really changed gaming and probably for the worse. I've worked a couple of esports gigs shooting and editing and stuff and just seeing a bunch of young men just like pay a lot of money to fangirl over guys playing video games is weird to me. You know, seeing an entire offense. <laughs> there's a lot of mental and there's a lot of mental health issues because what happens is they take like kids who are really good at a particular game like League of Legends or something, 17, 18, 19, sometimes not even from the country they're playing in. And suddenly they're making six or seven figures or whatever it is. But there's pressure and the game stops becoming fun. It becomes a job. And their job consists of sitting at a computer for eight hours a day gaming not as a recreational thing, not as I can get up, do whatever I want, but like, and they have coaches and they have times and strategies. And if they're slacking and numbers and quotas to keep up and it's just, it's a bad business. I think
0: you got to keep that KD up, you know,
1: it's, you know, I think any sports for people that age, and obviously a lot of our professional sports are played with people who can barely drink. Uh, you know, it's, it's a time when the frontal lobes developing and you're not good at all your decision-making, which is why a lot of NFL players are, wind up broke and homeless and all that other kind of things you know yeah they can't handle it there's nothing and there's not enough adult oversight in place to pause so i do think that sort of side of gaming does need to be heavily checked as a culture like the whole like twitch streaming generation needs a real good hard insight look because it's it's a real problems that are surfacing right you know
0: let's let's shift it let's shift it in another direction hey let's go let's say for example you could visit any any place in a video game and you could take jen out for a date where would you go in any video game? do you have one off the top of your head because like
1: i'm like flipping through (laughs) we would go to we would go to halo Uh, you know that first (laughs) level where you crash down that pretty one that's what we do
0: we take a ride in a banshee. <laughs> that's right. Warhog. Warhog. Be the gunner. That's a. That's a. Dude, that's a really good question, actually.
1: Um, I mean, can I? Ro- I mean, honestly, I would love to take Jen out for some Rocket League.
0: That would be cool. Like,
1: imagine just like at like a speedway, like vertical jumps like that, and everything.
0: That, that, would, be be wild.
1: So wild and that would be wild. Oh, wild and fun. But we'd probably crash and
0: die. So. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's anybody inside the car though
1: you <laughs> think oh maybe they're automated. they're like remote but if there's cars. like
0: a dark like backstory to <laughs> the rocket league War of rocket league it's like it's like a slave race uh-huh and uh you know you you're you're paying to have one slave drive the car and every match somebody dies so they like put a new guy in there Wow. To drive your car. Oh, wow, what lovely. if that's like
1: the lore, the hidden yeah. lore? Yeah, lovely, Rudy. Happy, happy. We're not playing Rocket League ever again.
0: <laughs> what would you? I re- think. I th- yeah, I think if I if I could take Ashley on a mm-hmm. date somewhere in a video game, it would probably be i don't know to some castle in kingdom come deliverance yeah Prague. Oh, Kingdom Come
1: deliverance no 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 you need the problem is that's a real that's a historically realistic game so you know you guys got to use the restrooms and fantasy. like get something from the vending machine i'm saying like you do something like elder scrolls <laughs> right <laughs> Maybe uh, like uh
0: i don't know what what kind of video game would be fun
1: nothing no nothing in the warhammer universe which i play because everything wants to kill you in that universe right
0: i was gonna say hmm, maybe diablo no final (laughs)
1: fantasy maybe or uh kingdom hearts
0: kingdom hearts
1: yeah you ever play kingdom hearts you look like you played kingdom hearts you nerd i did yeah i played that in middle school yeah (laughs) yeah just
0: to fit in i didn't Mm -hmm. didn't really
1: enjoy it that much (laughs) uh by the way, I wanted to before before we as we wrap up, I wanted to compliment you on your fresh cut too. You complimented mine early on, oh, and thank you. But I see yours. That's that's pretty slick, slick.
0: Yeah, I got a I got a fade. I got
1: faded, bro. Oh, we got faded. Let's so go faded, bro. I wish y'all could see the back of this. It's a faux hawk, so it's going like this. It looks good. It looks it's it's kind of new. I don't really do this kind of style a lot of times, but uh, I think it's gonna be my wedding cut. I'm just gonna like make sure the hair kind of grows a little bit more as a straightaway on the back.
0: You look. You look like a young Denzel Washington.
1: You know, Jen and I just watched Glory the other day, so don't, don't at me.
0: I haven't seen that.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, oh, that's another, that's another one for another time.
0: Which coincidentally is who, if we were to make a movie of our life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I this would cast gonna... Denzel Washington as your character.
1: Oh, yeah. Can I, yeah. can my old character be Morgan Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Is it bad that yeah. I would cast, uh, Oh my gosh! How did I forget his name? I shot him for heaven's sake in Calico Queens. Uh, who's the Who's the guy Machete kills? Who's he? Danny Trejo.
0: Oh, Danny Trejo. Yeah, your
1: old man is Danny Trejo.
0: <laughs> oh no, but Anthony's not the voice. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> damn
1: fool! <God> damn fool! <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for watching. If you liked what we had to say, and we know that you did, please go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You can be updated on every time we drop a video, which we do because we have a lot of different content going on in the channel. If you'd like to support us even further down below, you'll see our link to our Patreon. There are a lot of juicy perks and tiers. This includes early access to episodes, a secret Patreon's only episode, which you are watching right now. Congratulations. You made it kid. Uh, as well as the ability to, uh, to pick topics and bunch of other goodies. So if you like, if you like to support us a little further, uh, your prayers are the most important thing and then click the Patreon link and see if you find a tier that suits you.
0: Thanks for watching guys. Yeah. If you can comment below what your favorite video mm. game is, or if you were to take somebody on a date, perfectly. any video game, I know we didn't really give you an answer, but maybe <laughs> you guys could give us an interesting yeah, answer. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to seeing those and thanks for watching. Mm -hmm. God bless you. May I keep you. Adios.